Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. What's today? Today's the 15th, 15th of October, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast, the Friday Night War, the showdown that we've been building to all week, AEW Rampage, doing a going early, SmackDown going late, both shows going commercial free for select matches. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alpha Kanawa and Issa NYC Demon Diva here tonight yes. to talk about this momentous occasion, I'm sure. The first of many pissing contests that Tony Khan and yeah. Vince McMahon will engage in on a semi-regular basis. SmackDown on FS1, Rampage on TNT, and YouTube. Um, Issa, to you first, who do you think won tonight? Oh, wow. Really? Like, yeah. like you didn't even buy me a drink or anything. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I... I I really like the Daniel Bryan Suzuki match, right? But overall enjoyment, I would say SmackDown. Yeah. Alfred? SmackDown. SmackDown, yeah. definitely. It felt like a higher energy show. Uh, Rampage just felt like another show. I don't think there was anything particularly wrong with it, but you would never know that they were facing competition. Uh, even when they had the buy-in match with Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki, I did think it was overall a good match. The first half bored the crap out of me, and I was watching that match. Like I, My intention was to watch that match, and they had the Street Profits and the Usos just killing it, going through tables, just yeah. wrestling this high-octane match. And I was like, screw this. Like I'm going over here. And uh, so then by the time I, that match was over, then I was able to get back to the internet wrestling and they were had picked it up then. Well, but SmackDown, I think, definitely had the better show tonight from start to finish. Even the finish was very hot. You just got a sense that it was a hotter show, more major league. And Suzuki versus Brian, what a clinic they put on. What just a long, they, the match had room to breathe. It had intensity. It had brutality. It had skill. Two gentlemen at the top of their game facing off, showing the world this is professional wrestling. On AEW. <laughs> is this word for word from Tuesday? Yeah, that's pretty close. So good. So good. Listen, the one thing that I will say to to piggyback on what Alfred said is that at one point I'm looking at both matches and I'm thinking you can see exactly the different audience that both of these companies are trying to reel in. You had two really good matches going on such a different like environment, right? You have these two technicians, like Glenn said, going at it with some brutality. But then I look over here and there's candlesticks, chairs, tables, like things are yeah. going crazy. And I'm like, I absolutely love that people want to make this a war, a competition where you can see they're going for a whole different group of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I felt like they were having a, like a New Japan pro wrestling match, not even an AEW match. They were wrestling yeah. the way they do in New Japan, which I like New Japan. I am a New Japan world subscriber. But one thing that does irk me about New Japan is their matches take forever to get going. And all the purists like saying, oh, this is psychology. This is professional wrestling. But it's something that this is why I subscribe to New Japan world, because I can fast forward to those boring parts where they have to lay on the mat. And they were doing that forever. And I thought that SmackDown excellently countered it with that match because I would much rather watch that Usos and Street Profits style than that laying on the mat. 
and we'll get into this. I mean, look, this isn't bias. I'm not a journalist. I wanted AEW to uh, pants WWE tonight. I wanted them to just absolutely pull an upset, be the buzz of the evening. And we talked about it. It's like the Simpsons going head to head with the Cosby show. <laughs> AEW needed that tonight. They needed to show up the competition. And I think TK was uh, a bit all talk in this. I think Suzuki versus Danielson, again, an excellent match. I mean, you know, all kidding aside, an excellent match. But that catered so much to the hardcore fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then CM Punk, his match, just it, it, was, it was like a twofer in terms of being um, unfortunate in that one, CM Punk wrestling on Rampage is no longer special. That is just gone. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, WWE giving us Becky versus Sasha, women that have actually not, I mean, they've had a fair amount of matches, but I would put this up there with NXT TakeOver Unstoppable, which is by far their best match in 2015. Um, I yeah. even liked it more than their Hell in a Cell match in 2019. Really? I thought this was fantastic tonight. That's, wow. that's interesting. And you have to put it out there regardless of how it happens. Sasha Banks becomes the very first woman to pin Becky Lynch since yeah. what, 2019. Becky yeah. Lynch yeah. has not been pinned in a long time. This was a big deal. So, I mean, I I could not take my eyes off of Becky and, and Sasha. I did think there was a lot of strategic um, on both shows on how they time everything because there was I, we can sit here and talk about kind of like go back and forth. I feel like all of us can discuss the matches because they the way that they timed that you were able to enjoy everything going on. So I do give them props for the way that they timed things tonight. Yeah, it was also their eight, first match in two years, which I think made yeah. it seem yeah. a lot more special and why the crowd was a little more into that. The smartest thing AEW did tonight, and I might get some shit for this. The smartest thing they did was put Ruby Soho versus the Bunny on right after Sasha versus Becky. Yeah. Because it stepped on the contract signing with Brock and Roman. And that was a good cliffhanger. I'm surprised WWE is burning that for Crown Jewel, a pay-per-view that comparatively very few people are going to watch. I have um, thoughts about that, Glenn. I have no, thoughts we'll talk about, about that. It. We'll talk yeah. about it. We'll <laughs> this, but... We're going to get into that package when we get into the news because we're going to specifically discuss Roman Reigns and some of his comments. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the news, I want to read a couple of super chats. We have a birthday boy in the house. Brett Murphy, Yay! today is my 30th birthday. 30 years old. Uh, so oh, what is you're a baby. Tweet that Uncle Tony is going to say. You want to know Uncle what's Tony. <laughs> I call Tony Khan Uncle Tony. That is hilarious. Brent, <laughs> happy birthday, my friend. Cheers to you. And listen, we're used to Tony Khan doing a lot of talking. And not, this is not the first time that Tony Khan talks and doesn't deliver, okay? Let me bring you all back to this Christian signing and this big deal. And then Christian Cage came out and everybody was like, oh, really? That's it? Tony Khan can, can let his words carry him away a little too much sometimes. And sometimes he delivers. So, you know, he did say all oh, out was going to be crazy, and it was crazy. So it's almost like you don't know what you're going to get out of his words sometimes. Happy birthday, Brett Murphy. Same birthday happy as birthday. Genuine and Tito Jackson. So happy birthday. Oh, there wow. you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when Brett says Uncle Tony, I mean, Tony Khan, the second most famous t- uh, Tony in professional wrestling after Tony D'Angelo. Tony, D- da, Tony D'Angelo, of course, of course. What else we got? Thousand percent, not even a question. Antoine Fair for five dollars, friend of the show. I've been saying that for weeks. He said WWE and AEW are not competing simply because they aren't going for the same type of audience. I'm going to push back on that. I think they actually are because a lot of people who watch AEW 
either also watch WWE currently or maybe used to watch WWE and are disillusioned and go to AEW. I don't think AEW is creating a lot of new fans. I think they're both competing for the same smaller set of hardcore fans, but AEW does have a loyal following. And I do think there are people who do watch AEW and just not WWE, but I definitely think there's crossover. Otherwise, they would not be counter-programming each other if there was no crossover. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, and like Tony is, Tony Khan is not just doing this to win over 100,000 wrestling nerds or whoever was right. watching. I mean, the, the, do those numbers break 100,000 tonight for no, uh, they Suzuki did not. versus Daniel Bryan? No. Like, I think they got it. 93,000 was the highest I saw that. Yeah. There's not, there's not money in an audience of 100,000. Ask Impact Wrestling how much money there is in an audience of 100,000 wrestling fans. You know, not much. Damn, yeah. Glenn. Tell us how you really feel. No, but that's the thing. I mean, this is, he's trying to make wrestling hot again. He's trying to get competition, but you don't talk the game you talk tonight and then just put on a show. And I'm sorry, Rampage was pretty skippable tonight. You don't talk yeah, I, like, I yeah, you don't talk anything when, it, when you're trying to face SmackDown while he's on FS1 with your show that does half a million viewers a week. Like, yeah. it, like this whole thing was a mess to begin with. It was fun. It was a fun week. I was hyped for tonight. I'm not going to lie and not tell you I wasn't so excited. <laughs> so at least they both did a good job at hyping it up. Be very interested yeah. to see those numbers tomorrow. The Fast Nationals come out. Um, <laughs> WWE going to leak those tomorrow? tomorrow yeah, morning, WWE's WWE. leaking out those Fast Nationals. And uh, they, well, there will be a lot of reporting on that. And, uh, text we'll me when you get them, Alfred. When you get them for them, from them, please text me and let me know. I will have it as soon as they send it to me. I will be reporting on the Fast National. <laughs> people are going to be very interested in it, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Now, uh, when they leak those you, numbers, oh, go ahead. Second, when they leak those numbers, uh, Alfred, do they send you a text that says like, uh, "Rampage only did this many viewers last night"? Pass it on. I cannot reveal my sources. Uh, I cannot from confirm a, nor deny. Uh, from a Google number. From a Google <laughs> number that you can't trace down. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm in these streets, okay? It's the streets. It's not this. You don't know who's out. <laughs> okay, oh let's uh, get into the news here. Uh, one of my favorite stories of this week, we're going to cover this because I believe this happened uh, on Thursday. Uh, there was the full gear card was leaked in the most hilarious of ways. Of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars are 0-5. Uh, they are nine games away from the longest losing streak in NFL history, one of the worst NFL teams of all time. I'm not just saying this to say it. You know, you know, I, you know, I like WWE and the AEW. I'm just saying the Jacksonville Jaguars are not a good team. This might be one of the reasons why Tony Khan had his run sheet for AEW full gear while he was attending a Jacksonville Jaguars practice. Somebody got a hold of it. They blew it up. And here seems to be the tentative card for full gear. Hangman Adam Page versus AEW world champion Kenny Omega, which he did announce. Then we're going to get John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. The Inner Circle versus American Top Team. MJF versus Darby Allin. CM Punk versus Wardlow. Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill. Adam Cole versus Christian Cage, the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black or Andrade Del Ilo or Miro. Does this sound like a fun card to you guys? And what do you think? We'll start with you, Glenn, about uh, this card leaking from the sidelines of a Jacksonville Jaguars practice. This is PSYOPs. This is him trying to make Vince think that there's no, you know, this is just uh, him trying to run interference for the fact that Shane McMahon is going to debut at the end of Full Gear. <laughs> Mark my words, the biggest surprise, the biggest bombshell in professional wrestling. This is just all cover on TK's book. Wow. I mean, he is the best in the world. Shane McMahon, that is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he'll face CM Punk. 
He'll jump off something and face CM Punk for the title. <laughs> That's Listen, like even Tony Khan thinks his team sucks so bad that he decides to use his time at the Jaguars game to just like put together this card. <laughs> Special shout out to him for still being so old school that he just uses a notepad and just hand writes it. Like I feel like he's writing a love letter to his girlfriend in elementary school. You remember how you used to pass the notes in school? Like that's what that feels like. I personally think this whole thing was calculated and done on purpose. Um, I'm excited for Adam Page against Kenny Omega, but then why are we having a tournament, a world title tournament if that's your, you know, next pay-per-view match, does the winner guess the winner of that match? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't wait for them to announce the brackets tomorrow maybe go more into details. Yeah, um, Jay Cargill and Thunder Rosa sounds very interesting to me. I'm assuming that's going to be for the TBS title, meaning no no Britt Baker. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, see where he it goes. Did write, he did write down Britt Baker versus question mark, so it does seem like he literally has her penciled into the show, just doesn't know what He's going to do with her. Uh, I think this is a blessing in disguise in that I hope AEW doesn't change course just because this came out. It's good to have your pay-per-view card out this early so that people can anticipate matches and you can build up to them. Uh, I would much rather have the card leak early than, uh, you know, what we've seen so many times for WWE, including at Extreme Rules, where they literally completely tore their card apart to Hot Shot and we didn't know who was going to be on the card. I think that leads to less anticipation for pay-per-views. I mean, this is, I just looked at it. And by the way, have there been a lot of memes of people making fake handwritten cards? Because <laughs> Yes, there have. Yes, there have. I sing a few. I sing a few. Uh, Britt Baker versus question mark tells you everything you need to know about the booking of AEW's women and how they do not have their shit together. Yeah, I mean, they're doing the TBS tournament, so they're going to release those sure. brackets. But yeah, it does seem like at this point you really should have. It's funny because they have all these long-term storylines for all these guys. And Britt Baker, who you could argue is the biggest star in AEW, man or woman, is just like, well, we'll do something with Britt. We'll get around to that. We yeah. see we see Penelope Ford and the Bunny more than we see Britt Baker. Yeah. yeah What's up crazy. with that? What's up um, with that? I know. So we, oh, we got some super chats. There's some more up uh, alpha okay. that we missed, but we'll get started with this one. Stellar Justin Lopez, 499. Time for Tony to sell. Why would he be carrying that during a football game? I'm a Jags fan. If I'm a Jags fan or player, he's not saying he is a Jags fan or player because who is a Jags fan? If I'm a Jags fan or player and saw that, I'd be pissed. I think he's talking about selling Jaguars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. You're a lot of money for the Jaguars even now, but uh, you know, hang in there. They got a number one pick. I think Trevor Lawrence will be really good. Who knows if the Jaguars is a team that uh, he'll be able to thrive in? Jenna Ness for four ninety nine. Um, Glenn was at was at the smack was at the SmackDown. The SmackDown crowd was on fire. Roman is mega over. He is. Yes. Yeah, he was. That crowd was great. And that's one of the reasons I think SmackDown so handily won tonight because the crowd just seemed so hot. It's like they all had the sense of urgency. This show seemed like it had a sense of urgency that I think lacked on AEW Rampage. Very like, much so. Everything mattered on the show, I felt like. Uh, Antoine Fair saying I've been saying oh, this we for weeks. Issa. Yeah, oh, we do we read that? One. Okay. Yeah, sorry. No, here's one that we didn't okay, read. Sorry. Yet. I don't think. Oh, yeah, here, go did. back to yours. Uh, I'm scrolling down just like you're trying to figure it out. Oh, Peter Bahi. $2. There we the go. Best pro wrestling journalist today. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I consider myself an analyst or a columnist. I'm more of an opinion guy. Don't throw me in. I have broken stories before and stuff like that, including today, where I was the only person who seemed to realize that uh, AJ Francis, a.k.a. Top Dollar, sampled Young Buck, which is great. We'll get to that later. Uh, but I'm more of a, a columnist, analyst, opinion guy. You know, Aww, I mean, you're so humble. Are, He's so yeah. humble. Journalists tend to be a little full of themselves and, and up their own you-know-what, but I'm more of an analyst. Uh, but thank you, Peter Bahi. I'll take that compliment for the two dollars. There you go. <laughs> um man like fast national not to tomorrow fast national yes. tomorrow i was so hyped for tonight i was so hyped for tonight and i i really i was and screw it i'm not a journalist i wanted AEW to win i know AEW's not even my favorite wrestling company nxt is but i wanted AEW to win because the more they do to be and bring into wwe the harder wwe has to work and it will sure. fix their problems if they feel like they have to compete and tonight um it's interesting how they competed. The first half of the show was really kind of nothing. But once you hit that Street Profits Usos match, man, that back to back with Becky versus Sasha. Yeah. Like, wow. Ended really hot. Yeah. <laughs> what what is this? Uh Brett Murphy Brett five dollars for five dollars. Listen, I am not ready to pick sides. I know everybody's waiting for me to say, who are you rooting for? Brock and Roman are both my favorites. We'll get to it on Thursday. When the bell rings, I will let everybody know who I'm rooting for. I'm not buying any wow. shirt from either one side, okay? That's a businesswoman right there. Building up the anticipation <laughs> for when the bell rings. I like that, Issa. But Murphy, of course, said, Issa, if this improves, are you buying the Suplexus t-shirt? And she's going to make you guys wait. Uh, I like that. And I like that <laughs> Brett Murphy brought up Roman Reigns because that's going to be our next story. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about this one, Issa. Roman Reigns is back at it, ripping CM Punk. Of course, uh, previously when CM Punk returned, he had a story. It's so funny that WWE and Roman Reigns seem to queue up these stories whenever there's a big moment with CM Punk. As returned, he did say that John Cena is a bigger star than CM Punk. CM Punk's not in his league. I think that has actually been proven now that we're in hindsight. You see how the summer of Cena lit things on fire. If you were to tell me, you know, that CM Punk wrestled for 500,000 viewers, you know, a year ago, I would have been like, you're crazy. But uh, he also said these things about CM Punk in an interview with Complex <laughs> Magazine. Uh, something happened. I'm looking at the. No, no. Just he also said these things. No, yeah, we're just ready. Things. We're just yeah, ready just, for ready these for things. Get ready for these things. Get ready. These, these things are coming in hot. He said. So answer the question similar to this a while ago in terms of CM Punk versus Roman Reigns in a match, and he says on a personal level, level it doesn't do anything for me. It's not going to elevate me at all. He's older now. I haven't really seen a full match. I've seen a clip or two. And to me, a step or two has been lost. Then also, he got whooped in the UFC. Reigns continued. He said, I don't think anybody really believes someone 200 pounds soaking wet with no explosive bone in their body could ever really do anything to me. I'm 6'3", 265 pounds, a legitimate athlete who can throw some weight around and has been on the gridiron at the highest level. D1, uh, all ACC. <laughs> probably, somebody check on Issa. I probably would have maintained in the NFL if my health issues didn't uh, happen when I was 22 years old, Reigns explained. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, I'll throw him pretty much under no, I'll throw it, him and pretty much the rest of the roster out of the club, no problem. There's just little brothers you know. So, Isa, what do you think about Roman Reigns just throwing all this heat at the AEW roster, calling him his little brothers? See, essentially, those are his sons. And he also said that he feels that the AEW fans are the star of the show, bigger than the wrestlers. So, lots to unpack here. Isa, get us started. Uh, we don't do respect. I know that sometimes people don't like when I 
thirst over Roman Reigns, but it is 11.42 p.m. in the East Coast, so I have every right to thirst right now. You know what makes Roman Reigns sexier? When he talks that shit. Let him go out there. Let him have fun. He's the face of the company. He has this, is he wrong in what he said? No, there were some things, not just the CM Punk comments. There was a lot of very interesting comments he made in that interview that were not wrong. But it's just like, you're still under character. You don't have to, you don't have that C-level title in front of your name. Let him go out there and have some fun. I thought it was great. And the character that Roman Reigns is playing on television, it's a very arrogant and better than everybody. Why would he go to Complex and be like, act all humble? That's not who he is right now. And that's the problem, is that CM Punk with this all shucks attitude doing these uh, exhibition matches with very little build, no drawn out storyline, no fire promos. This is the bigger point. This is how Roman almost demonstrated tonight how CM Punk, like it's great to have him back, mm -hmm. but they've, they've been coasting and basking in, that, in the wake of that, in the afterglow for too long. Now it's time to get to work, you know? But uh, we'll get into this. And uh, Issa, later in the show, I'm gonna tease this, I think, I think, uh, like Karnak the Magician, I think I know Issa's dream outcome for the Brock Roman match at Crown Jewel. I can't wait to hear and this. And I will drop that later in the show. Oh, look at you, building anticipation we're too, guys. We're pros too. This is people. I love Antoine Fair putting out out of the country accent. What? what? That is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I love me some Roman. That's the thing you pointed on that, Issa, in terms of he was essentially in character doing this. But these are also things that I do think he feels on CM Punk, and he's not all the way wrong. We now do have a pretty good sample size of CM Punk not necessarily by himself being able to move ratings. And this also dates back to when he came to backstage, if you remember that. he Him coming back to backstage, you would think was a big story. It did a pretty good number the week after it happened. And then yeah. after that, it fell off the cliff. Nobody cared. And they canceled the show. And I think that was a precursor to what we're seeing now with CM Punk, where him by himself is not yeah. going to draw a rating. You know, John Cena yeah. by himself will. CM Punk, just putting him on the build, we're going to put him up against Matt Seidel. We're going to put him up against Daniel Garcia. That has not worked. You know, the ratings still continue to go down. Uh, CM Punk needs to be with somebody who people perceive as his equal uh, because he needs to be packaged, and it does not seem like CM Punk could do this by himself. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's a lot, and we'll get into it once we start discussing the CM Punk match, but Roman Reigns is on a different level now, and they're just letting him go out there and do what he needs to do. If you want him to be the face of your company for the next few years, hold this title for as long as he needs to hold it, he needs to go out there and have these kind of interviews. I, I loved it. And not just, like I said, not just the CM Punk comments. Read the whole article. It was very interesting. I love, he touched points on the side that we're seeing of Brock Lesnar now that he's working without Paul Heyman. I love that aspect of the interview because he brought out how different and how much fun Brock is having right now. The interview was great. And, you know, this is part of the problem is that CM Punk worked best when he's bucking authority. And to have him come back and have all the media be about his warm fuzzies for what AEW. What is he going to do? What is he going to do to fuck to freaking I, Tony Khan? Poke, I know. poke him? Like, I mean, how intimate? At least, at least WWE has authority-like characters that look like they could come for you. But what, Tony Khan's going to be like, you're suspended, CM Punk. You're that's suspended. That's the problem. Like, that's from all shucks. <laughs> why, why doesn't he just change his gimmick, you know, sh uh, work name to all shucks Phil? You know, just happy to be here. Thank you It'll so much for welcoming me into your ring. So grateful. Yeah. <laughs> you love me. I love you back 10 times as much crowd. You know, it's not interesting. 
No, a lot of people have pushed back on this. And I, what I don't like is when he says, you guys sick of me yet? And there's this like self-conscious aspect to him problem. that I don't think he should be doing. But it's because and this is this is the whole challenge with AEW. They are catering so much to their hardcore fan base. Yeah, that too much. I think, yeah, too much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Well, and they need Glenn, to open it back up. Glenn said that uh, the CM Punk uh, return so far has not been interesting in terms of where they're going with this. One thing that was interesting before we get into this show, the main event news story of uh, today is the one and only, the fastest rising star in all professional wrestling, top doll, AJ Francis, uh, went at the Young Bucks. Young Bucks tweeted a very, what I thought was very amusing bio. They like updating their bio. Their bio said something to the effect of they spent more on sneakers than the entire NXT roster. Very amusing. They started this. AJ Francis, top dollar, finished it. He released a diss track, I believe, this morning, <laughs> aimed at the Young Bucks, I believe, entitled A Hit Dog Will Holla. I cannot do this justice. So I will no. share the screen, and we are all going to listen to this Ooh. together. Let's go. Uh, ladies Let's and gentlemen, go. top dollar of Hit Row on the Young Bucks. Let's cue this up. New G unit. Will Holla. Top dollar. What else? Uh, let's go. <laughs> Talk to him. Talk to him. <laughs> I can't hear it. <laughs> So okay, well, we can't hear the audio. So here's what I want somebody to do. I want somebody to get take. You guys can't hear the audio. Not, Turn not it off. Turn the so volume off. So I want somebody. Okay, so while we got the acapella Alfred hype man track there, I want somebody to there remix. Here we go. Face from marbles. You guys hear that? No, it's still kind of low. Uh oh. Now everyone in the chat saying we can't hear it. Got it. I can't hear it. No, I can't. I can't hear it. I'm, I'm not hearing it loud. Hit roll, ladies and gentlemen. Can you guys we hear tried. that? We tried. Uh, we tried. We tried. So take uh, Alfred Conrad. Uh, this is nasty. The hype man. Take his uh, his uh, his hype and lay that over the original track. We need to read. <laughs> <it. laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. That would be. But hilarious. this is brilliant. I would love love to see him and Max Caster start. I would love to see wrestlers trading battle raps back and forth on social media. That would. That would be the most interesting thing in wrestling right now. I think this is very interesting. I absolutely love this. I love yeah. that AJ Francis, AKA Top Dollar, is trending. He's been trending for two days, and I think wow. it's been amazing uh, because he is taking this, what really was just like an innocuous shot at NXT that you knew we're going to get both fans riled up, but nobody wants to see these fans go back and forth. I want to see these wrestlers go back and forth with each other. Facts. The fact that Top Dollar is going at the Young Bucks. A lot of slave owner energy in terms of people going at Top Dollar and saying, you've been in the business for six seconds. You can get cut at any minute. Ooh. You shouldn't be talking to the Young Bucks like that. And I don't agree with that at all. I think if you're entertaining, you should be able to do this. And if you can come up with a diss track the way that Top Dollar came up with this diss track to diss the Young Bucks about sneakers, I yeah. think it's 
incredible. I think he's very interesting. I think people are talking about it. And listen, fans always talk about we want unscripted promos in WWE. We don't want them to be robots. We don't want people writing for them. Well, this is top dollar writing for himself. And I think it's incredible. And the Young Bucks are not above being talked to like this. So oh, I yeah. hope he keeps going. I hope he goes back to back. I hope he claps back with a rebuttal. This is amazing. I love top dollar. This is not the Yeti committing commir- uh, career suicide with the social jobbers. <laughs> like, this is how it's done. This is how you do it the right way. Yeah. My favorite one was that somebody like tweeted at him something about him being like more broke than the Young Bucks or something. And he's like, bro, you can literally Google my net worth. Like, do people not know his background as an athlete? This man is not broke. <laughs> not at all. Not in the least. Yeah. So I like this. I want this to keep going. I like these types of feud. Drew uh, David in for 99. Glenn Alfred and East of the Smack. That was fire tonight. And Roman called Brock a dumbass. And also, I want Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Brock Lesnar inside a steel cage for the Universal title. Okay, bro. Let's go. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I feel bad for you guys. You couldn't hear that audio because that was fire. Oh, it was fire. Twitter. I might listen to, to it during. A <laughs> I could. I could hear it. I could hear it. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the show. We're going through both of these shows: SmackDown versus AEW Rampage. We start off with SmackDown and Edge, who kicks off the show with one of those kind of signature promos where he's sitting in the chair, or it's kind of dark in the background, and it's more of a a gritty type promo. He was talking about how him and Seth Rollins both underestimated each other, and that's why they lost. The quintessential gist of this promo was Edge saying that Seth Rollins broke into his home, not a house, and his family's there. He's taking it more personally. And and I really did feel like this is a a fitting build toward a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I really like the intensity of this. Issa, what did you think? Uh, I I loved when Edge called Seth Rollins out for a Hell in a Cell match because after the pay-per-view, you forgot how special that feels when you have the right build and somebody saying Hell in a Cell because once the gimmick pay-per-view started, they just like rush and build up, you know what I mean, a Hell in a Cell feud. This feels like what Hell in a Cell is supposed to be about. The promo was great. Edge is great on the mic. Agreed. I think they're fighting their their own selves in a weird way i will say one observation though he said what if i come to your house and have a moment with bex edge you had a moment with bex in the ring and she literally shut you down and kicked (laughs) you out of her ring told you don't hurt your neck on your way out so i wish you would try to go to seth rollins house right now we'll see how that goes edge fears the man that's all yeah (laughs) wow this storyline has gone on way too long. You think so? Yes. I want to see the rubber match. I do. I want to see the match, but uh, Edge couldn't, like, Rollins showing up at his house and then Edge just going in and, like, cutting a promo and talking about his feelings of it. I mean, I want this to escalate, you know? Let's, I mean, don't, I don't know. It just, it just seems to me like, the, you, know, you know, the problem with this feud has been too much talking and these promos have not been, I don't think these promos have been very interesting. I think Seth going to Edge's house is the most interesting thing that's happened. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Come on, and the yeah. brood? That, that yeah, was the good. brood was a good segment. I liked saying. it. This yeah, is but, very up and down for me. I think it's peaked, and I think the highs have been really good, and I don't think the lows have been that bad, but it has gotten a little boring yeah. at points. And I do think that per- Seth Rollins is very hit or miss for me in some weeks. Yes. What, depending on what they're doing with them, it's either don't care about them at all, or it's like, okay, him and Edge are really working well together. Mm-hmm. Agree. I think the promos are just maybe a little too long. Like, I think if you cut back a couple of minutes from them, they might just be perfect. But I do think they, they're letting them talk too much. But hell in a cell. I'm excited for it. 
Sami Zayn versus Finn Balor in the next round of King of the Ring. Glenn, what did you think about this match? Well, I think we knew Sammy wasn't going to the KSA. Um, alert. <laughs> but uh, good for Finn. I, th- I think Finn could win this. Yeah, for a match that was so predictable just because of what we know, I thought they still have fun. It's Finn Balor and Sammy Zayn, so I'm not going to complain when the two of them are going at it in the ring. I think this is his consolation prize for that losing feud against Roman. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be his consolation prize. My heart would break if Xavier Woods didn't win this because it's been his life's work to go win King of the Ring. But it does seem like the most WWE thing ever to have this guy who everybody knows he wants to win this. And then he goes to the final and loses uh, either to get heat or just because. But, uh, you know, the Demon King is something that Finn Balor has called himself. So I guess they could do that. I don't feel like Finn Balor needs this. I don't know if it would really elevate him anywhere yeah, over where he is now. And I think it would elevate Xavier Woods and Woods would have a lot of fun with this the demon king wasn't demon that king. he called that at some point i don't know but yeah i am mean, yeah. rooting for xavier woods here so i think i think but that's the thing i just don't want to be heartbroken by believing it's gonna happen that's right yeah. i'll be right back uh talk about the next segment we get one of uh the better segments or the better storylines i think in wwe so it's going to be a showdown finally between naomi and sonia deville they've been going back and forth week after week naomi getting overlooked playing the black woman getting overlooked by the promoter and finally she's going to get her hands on that trifling sonia deville and a friend karen and guess what sonia deville i had my suspicions about this out comes Shayna baszler does a number on naomi kira food clutch and it ends with Sonya Deville putting one foot on Naomi's chest for the win. What did you think about this, Issa? Oh, I love that. I cannot wait to get for Naomi to get her revenge. They did such a good job of building this so that you're rooting. I mean, we've been rooting for Naomi, right? But I, there was something about the way that this played tonight so perfectly that you just cannot wait for Naomi to finally get her hands on her. And you know it's going to happen. Also, special props to them for making Sonya a heel heel in a matter of a couple of minutes. She hasn't yeah. looked as evil as she did tonight. Yeah. And that was like the weirdest, best heel turn. You know that it was a turn, but she went from an authority figure to a heel. And, and it, it was smooth. It was, it was very, very well done. I didn't think we were going to see the match tonight, but the way that they played it out is adding to the storyline beautifully. Yeah, I hated how much I loved this. Because the match we wanted to see, it really put even more heat on Sonya. Yes. And it's just going to be that much more satisfying when Naomi, Naomi gets the win. I think it was uh, absolutely a fantastic segment. This is like low-key the best story going on yes. in WWE right now. Um, Antoine Fair had a super chat. I think we missed this. Well, I'll go $2 saying Tony <laughs> Khan says uh, – uh, you're suspended, CM Punk, and CM Punk says, "Aw shucks." Aw shucks. I, lo- I <laughs> love it. Fair, friend of the show. Um, yeah. But, you know, I agree with you, Glenn. I thought this was an incredible segment. Anybody who had their reservations about this, just look at how the crowd responded to this. Huge heat se- segment. Very simple. You kind of saw it coming that th- they weren't just going to give this away, and I'm glad they didn't. But you know, WWE has piped in booze and cheers and stuff like that. But if you look at the people, they're all doing this and they're all really getting into this. So they've really done a good job week after week after week telling you this really simple story. You know who the good guy is. You know who the bad guy is. And I really like this. And I, I like what they did tonight with this. I can't remember. It was good. Yeah, Peter Mahi. Peter, this is a fantastic point with his $5 super chat saying, our podcast interviews hurting the talent. I feel like Punk, Cole, and Brian would be more over if they kept us guessing all the time. And let me just say... Credit to Roman Reigns doing these interviews and dropping bombs in kayfabe. 
that's making Roman so much more compelling right now. Whereas I think with AEW talent, this idea like, well, the audience is smart. We don't have to do this. Like, I want that heat. I want to really feel like there's some passion going on here in these feuds and storylines, not just like, well, I respect this guy as a worker. You know, I feel like Jericho is probably actually the best. Even on Jericho's podcast, he'll try and like bring it back to kayfabe if he's being too like respectful or giving too much praise to someone. Yeah. Agreed. We get Seth Rollins. This is such a weird segment, how they built it up. So this is one of the segments I'm talking about in terms of that, where I really didn't care too much for Seth Rollins here. Seth Rollins is set to unleash hell. So he comes out in this wacky suit. He's half and half. Uh, the key point to this promo is he's getting drowned out by chance of Harley Quinn and we want edge who they had already seen. They're chanting. We want edge. So he's getting drowned out. Uh, what did you think about this promo? Issa? Yeah. <laughs> I was distracted by the crowd, which is awesome to see a hot crowd. I just, you know, you want to talk about a return after so many years without wrestling that manages to stay hot the entire time since him being back. It should be the pinnacle of how you should be doing these returns. There hasn't been a moment that his music hits that the crowd doesn't go crazy and the crowd keeps asking for him and you're putting him in these significant fields that matter. That, that you know, I know that that's the subject of tonight, right? People coming back to wrestling. I feel like Edge is never going to not be over with the crowd. I couldn't really focus on what Seth was saying. I couldn't tell yeah. you right now half yes. of what he said on this promo, that's and that's not good. Because yeah. <laughs> he's out there looking like Rainbow Randolph. Yes. And uh, cutting these promos is very distracting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to put you guys on the spot or anything like that, but that's what my takeaway was, is that I was completely transfixed by this wacky suit, the crowd chanting over him, and he's not like a dynamic talker to begin with. And so I didn't really, I was really kind of distracted in terms of what point he was making. I know he kept saying, I'm in Edge's head, but I felt like Edge did a good job at the beginning of the show, building and building toward what he was talking about, why he was mad, why yeah. he wants to hurt Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. And Seth Rollins, this thing was all over the place for me. No, they should have just had him come out there in the suit and do that nasally laugh for like 90 seconds straight. Yeah. And then that's it. Go to commercial. Oh, my God. Remember when he did it with Bailey when they were just laughing on that? that like, funny. oh, my God. That was hilarious, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I like when he went to Edge's house. But this tonight, I, I really could not tell you anything that said said tonight. That's not good because he talked for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Antoine Fair, thank you for complimenting my cabinets. I am in my kitchen. They are brand new. We have not <laughs> really, really used them yet. Uh, oh, James Adams. Uh, okay, let's see. Man, man, man. What else we got? What's we next? go to uh, first women's match in terms of the Queen's Crown Tournament. Oh, yeah. It is Carmella versus Zelina Vega. So the story of this match, we get a backstage segment. They're playing nice with each other. It's weird because it's a heel versus heel match. Hey, we'll, we'll just have fun out there. Let's have a friendly match. So they're smiling through it. Of course, it goes left because Carmella uh, accidentally kicks Zelina Vega. So then it gets intense. Uh, ringside, there are these two women who are in masks who are controlling Carmella's mask, kind of like they have with the Stanley Cup. Uh, and when Carmella goes over there to request her mask, one of the women is Liv Morgan. And uh, this freaks Carmella into going back in the ring, getting rolled up. Carmella lost. Zelina Vega, ladies and gentlemen, is advancing, I believe, to the finals of the Queen's Crown Tournament. What do you guys think about this match and this uh, angle that they're doing with Carmella and Zelina, or Carmella and Liv Morgan, Issa? 
It was two minutes and 41 seconds total. Yeah. And that is counting the time that Carmela went outside and ran into Liv Morgan and talked to the mass people. Just want to point that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, so I'm glad that Selena's getting the opportunity. I wish it was Liv, but ultimately whoever this person is, is just going to end up getting killed by Shayna Baszler. At least that's what I yeah. want to happen. So I don't mind Selena Vega being that person. And that storyline can continue since they're both going to be in SmackDown past Queen on the ring. How weirdly predictable is it going to be if we have the Demon King and the Queen of Spades as better the than, winners of these tournaments? Better than the Queen of Hearts. They could have gone with Natty. That's just. true. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very predictable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> on the nose in terms of booking this thing. Yeah. Right. Just need a King gimmick. It's all. Oh, man. I mean, man, you think about the matches on SmackDown. Like, you could, you could cut time from so many of the men's matches. I don't or Seth Rollins talking. Yes. <laughs> Seth doesn't need to talk every week. Yeah. I think he likes the sound of his own voice more than I like the sound of mine. <laughs> Everybody likes the sound of your voice, Glenn. Come on, don't be humble. Of course. That's true. <laughs> what else we got? We've got a uh, happy talk with Baron Corbin and Madcap Moss. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Madcap I Moss. Know Madcap Moss is slowly, okay, because I still don't think it's good. He slowly, slowly starts to grow on me. I chuckled a little bit at just it's, – it's gotten to the point with me that it's so bad, it's just a little amusing, where he tells this just awful joke where it just goes on forever, and the, the punchline is talking about a chicken having an existential crisis, which is – it's a bad joke, but he just goes on forever, and that's what he's going for. And he's got a personality, so it's a little fun. It's just this segment in these happy Corbin, happy talk segments, it seems like they don't write these segments. They just tell him to go out there. They tell him the jokes. And every time they promote something, like they were supposed to have the Street Profits out there one time, that didn't happen. This got cut off by Shinsuke Nakamura and um, uh, Rick Boogs. That was so, awesome. Rick yeah, yeah, yeah. they just awesome. did that and they cut away and you never saw the guys again. So what did you guys think of the latest installment of Happy Talk? I, I he's still not growing on me, Alfred. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I, I still don't. Maybe it's because I I was just so into Baron Corbin throughout his broke journey and coming back to finding his money. And I feel like okay, that's where it ended. And now he's just doing this talk show. I was very invested into what Baron Corbin was doing, and maybe he's paying this guy, but we don't know anything. So I mean, I'm just disappointed because that ended up going nowhere, and it was he had us captivated for so long, you know. Yeah. But the, the, the highlight here was um, books coming out and just killing that guitar and going into the yeah. Street Profits song. What? That oh, that was lit. Yeah, I loved Rick jamming out with the uh, Street Profits tonight. That was fantastic. That was a great moment. But look, Happy Corbin doesn't need a sidekick. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I He's don't the know lone wolf. together. Yeah. He hasn't been the lone wolf in a long time. <laughs> he will always be the lone wolf in my heart, Issa. <laughs> <laughs> with the hair with the long yes. hair and everything okay. i see the hair i still see the what what, what do we call it the skullet i still see the receding hairline with the long hair yeah. every time i see him wow <laughs> so we get into the 6 p.m hour now and that's relevant because this is just when Minoru suzuki and brian danielson are rolling around on the mat having their match and they are going head to head with a tag team championship street fight between 
the Usos and the Street Profits. And let me tell you, the minute, this, the second this bell rang, it was the complete opposite of what you were seeing on Rampage, where these guys, it's like they told them, listen, you guys just go crazy. They're on AEW Rampage on the other channel. Do not let anybody change the channel on us because we're getting table bumps. We're getting high spots. They're outside of the ring. They're, this was about 13 minutes, which shocked me because it went by so fast. And uh, yeah. it ends with the Usos getting the win over the Street Profits. Just a demolition derby. A plunder. I just absolutely love this match. Uh, we'll go to you, Glenn. What did you think about it? This was fantastic. I mean, this legitimately, these guys, I still think they should really build a storyline for a big pay-per-view match. I mean, in my mind, this yes. is like a co-main event match for a pay-per-view, if they tell it right. Um, I feel like they keep giving us these matchups without as much build as it necessarily deserves. So um, it was good, but it, again, it leaves me wanting more. They always leave you wanting more. This yeah. match was amazing. It was so much fun. Every time there was like a crazy spot and it would get crazier and crazier. They were go like both going at it. I love the candlesticks. I, I think there was a spot onto the table. I mean, I it was like you said, the complete opposite of what we were seeing on the other screen. But if you're into weapons and, and crazy spots, this was and it. Who isn't? Yeah, and that's what I meant. Like you get a technical crazy like violent match over here and you have one that is not technical but you're go and they could give you a technical match too that's the thing there was a couple of really good spots there but it was it was so much fun to watch and i and i tweeted about it i'm like don't at me that match was good as well i'm not taking away from what suzuki and brian did but the usos and the street profits killed it tonight yes but again though, that's the difference these guys have been involved in a long-term feud with a lot of storytelling like suzuki versus brian that was Again, it was another exhibition. I feel like AEW is like almost treating this too much like sports. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where, and we've talked about this before. Professional wrestling is great because it's the intersection of sports and storytelling. And right. by having predetermined outcomes, you can create more magical moments. It's, it's more predictable in a way, but you can also really work the audience in a way that provides a very meaningful and rewarding experience for them. Whereas with sports, it's very hit or miss. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. They can manipulate the emotion and get fans invested so that when they do peak it right, uh, there really isn't anything better in terms of being emotionally invested in a, a great pro wrestling storyline or feud or payoff. Yeah. And maybe that's right. part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the problem with Tony Khan coming for managing an actual sports team. Yeah. Um, but I, th I feel like, I don't know, again, I'm not the biggest sports fan, but I feel like sports is somewhat fickle in that you do get those fair weather fans. And when a team gets on a streak and has a good story, uh, I'm not going to make the major league analogy again, but when you have those real life circumstances, that's what right. makes sports hot and people start watching. And in wrestling, you have no excuse not to have that because you create the environment. You create the circumstances. Yeah. You have full control. Good point. Yes. We get Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch for the first time in two years. These women, I thought, had a very good match. I did feel like there were chemistry issues maybe a little early uh, early on because they haven't wrestled in a couple of years. And, you know, Becky's still getting her sea legs back. But when they got going, I felt like they got going. Uh, Bianca Belair was on commentary. I thought Bianca Belair was great on commentary in terms of, you know, kind of jumping in and hitting her marks and uh, really kind of teasing Becky Lynch. And the finish came where Bianca Belair uh, kind of distracted Becky a little bit of really wasn't a full-on distraction. She was kind of uh, flipping her hair, and uh, the slight distraction was enough for Sasha Banks to take advantage and pin Becky Lynch in the middle of the ring. So Sasha Banks wins this match. What did you think, Issa? 
I was not expecting a finish here. I thought as soon as Bianca came out, I know they announced her for commentaries that she's going to get involved. We have gotten Becky getting involved. We got Sasha getting involved. Now Bianca will get involved. So I wasn't expecting to see a pin. I was surprised by that. I really thought this match was amazing. These women kept my attention. That's how I was trying to figure out who won, right? What moment is winning is the moment that had had me watching the most. And I could not take my eyes off of them. They haven't been rested. I think it was Bianca and Becky who were doing the house shows round. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised that there was a little bit of like, you know, some kind of like chemistry off a little bit on the beginning, but you couldn't even tell because once it took off, they didn't slow so down. Good. Becky so good. has been so good since her return, looks wise, heel, like character wise, but also in the ring. She doesn't look like she was gone for that long. She's bringing it, man. And well, yeah, you're absolutely right. It started off a little rough, but once they got going, this was such a, just such a great match to watch. Yeah. Um, it had, I mean, and that's the thing. And this is, where it was crazy to me that, you know, I'm on my phone looking, and I'm like, CM Punk is back in a wrestling ring, mm-hmm. but I can't take my eyes off Becky versus Sasha because they've yeah. been building this. It's special. We know they've put on two all-time classic matches in the past, and then here they are again tonight. This felt more special. And that's the contrast. This matchup felt really special, but CM Punk, I have, I just, I'm sorry, but they've been giving him, like him versus Darby was great, but they've been giving him a lot of matches, and it was kind of like, mm, I mean, it's interesting, but it's not... These are not the dream matches we're all waiting for. And if there was a night to bring it, it was tonight. And yes. this is my point. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, I don't know what show you're watching. So you skip over skip and say, no, Tony Khan talked a huge game tonight. It was like, remember when Arsenio said he was going to kick Jay Leno's ass? Oh, do I ever? <laughs> yeah. Remember how that turned out? Yeah. <laughs> like, Tony had his Arsenio moment tonight in that he had every opportunity. He could have hot shot at CM Punk against anyone on that roster tonight that would have popped a rating. He had that opportunity, and he chose not to do so. Yeah, every time, every time I looked, and I know we're getting to AW, but every time I looked over at the other screen, he was like dead. <laughs> he was on the yeah. floor. He was like, he. We'll, we'll get into it, but it was just like, what is going on here? Like, and I thought that he was gonna try to prove a point because of comments made about him. But what, back to the women, I'm so happy that WWE gave that spot to Becky and Sasha. I know I've been very critical about how they have been treating the queens of the ring tournament, but they have never not been fair to any of the four horsewomen, to be be fair. And it just goes to show you how much how much they, they, they trust them and how much they know that these girls can pull and out-wrestle anybody on any other channel, and they did. And even with how much WWE has been mistreating and misbooking its women's division, not giving them enough time, they really showed tonight that I'm sorry, like they've accomplished so much in that division where AEW still is in second gear. Like they're just not there yet. Well, I think that's what makes it so frustrating in terms of them not giving these women as much time because you're talking commercial free. These women just getting it. Like there was such a sense of urgency in how they were working. And I just thought it just kept building. And every couple of minutes, the match got better and better and better. And I I absolutely, to your point, Issa, did not feel that at all with CM Punk's match with Matt Seidel. I did not feel like there was any urgency there. I felt like it was a fine match, but they were not wrestling with this ferocity that I thought Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks were. Because it was a just because match with a lack of storyline where Sasha and, Be- and Becky has have a storyline forever. We're doing this title, you know, they have a title match coming up on Thursday. I mean, there's a lot of factors involved. And Glenn, to your point earlier, um, I was glad that they gave Ruby Soho and the Bunny enough time that we got yeah. to enjoy it after the contract signing ended. But I sent out a tweet in which I said, okay, so WWE put the women against CM Punk. 
and then AEW put the women against Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. What does that tell you about how this company treat their women? Yeah. yeah. Very interesting because I thought Ruby and the Bunny really brought it tonight. I thought that was a really good match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ruby, we we'll get into that too. I thought that might have been the best match of the night, to be honest. But we'll get oh, into that. Oh, wait, too. better than Brian versus Suzuki. And, uh, like, I mean, uh, and you're, I'm, I'm not disagreeing really with you, match. by the way. I don't have the balls to say that because, of, I mean, like, I'm already getting lit up about what I said. But I mean, like, <laughs> well, I, I on the main I, show, but like, if we're even comparing those on the main show, it was, I thought it was a very good match. Uh, yeah. But you know, I, I think Sasha versus Becky was the best match tonight, but Ruby. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, on, on Rampage, on Rampage. I'm not talking about of either. Oh, show. okay, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Profits versus. No. Like, okay, the best three matches tonight, I think, were, um, yeah, uh, Becky versus Sasha, the Usos versus Three Profits, and then Ruby uh, versus the Bunny. And I only say that because the Daniel Bryan match was a huge disadvantage being on YouTube. Yes. Um, while all of this other stuff was going on, like I'm, I'm, and this reminded me of like why I stopped doing Wednesdays when both shows. I just I hate trying to watch two wrestling shows at once. You would it's never that, do this. So bad, yeah. I know. You would never do this with anything else. You'd never be like, oh well, Breaking Bad's on. I'm gonna try and watch 60 minutes at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's it's why they ridiculous. created NFL Red Zone because it'll just show you one game at a time when it's I interesting. Love it too. And what happened? I, I can't watch NFL any other way now. I what know. happened to Picture in Picture? In the 1990s, yeah. Picture in Picture was on every television. You could I watch know. two things side yeah. by side. And now it's like I have to have my phone. Yeah, on but my the iPad televisions were also the size of your entire living room and weighed like a thousand pounds. Still, I want Picture in Picture <laughs> back. That is, Agreed. That is my Agreed. I was thinking about that earlier. Yes. So we get to the main event segment for SmackDown. This is Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in a contract signing. I will say, I'm getting burnt out on these contract signings. Yes. But this was so hot in terms of how the crowd responded to it. They're going crazy before this thing even started. They're going crazy for Brock Lesnar. Uh, the gist of this is that they didn't have much time to get through this, but what they did was perfect. Brock yes. Lesnar signed his contract without even looking at it. He makes it a point to look at Roman Reigns in his eye while he's signing the contract. Roman Reigns has a great response where he's like, you dumbass, you just signed contracts and don't even look him over, don't have a lawyer. And Brock Lesnar, this phenomenal troll, he says, oh, no, 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 we already looked at this contract with me and my advocate, Paul Heyman. And this crowd reacted like you're watching Jerry Springer and she says, like, I have another man and he's here right now. Everybody went, ooh, <laughs> This was incredible, I thought. Just one of the greatest contract signings they've ever done, really. Uh, go to you, Issa. Truly fascinating. My reaction is on my Twitter. You guys can go see it. I could not, I was literally watching like this, uh, waiting for Brock. Because when he called, when he called Brock at the I'm like, uh, Roman, I don't know. Don't do that. You know, and then Brock is just laughing about it. Brock Lesnar lives in Roman Reigns' head, rent-free. This is how you do mind games. And Paul Heyman's face... Yeah. One second. If you thought that Paul Heyman's face when Brock came back at SummerSlam was good, go back and watch his face after Brock dropped that line, laughed about it, and just walk away. No tables breaking. None of that. None of that. It was, it was listen, chef kiss. I yeah. love the way they did this segment. Yeah. This was really good. I mean, I think that they stretched it out a little bit um, for obvious reasons, just to, to make time. But... Yeah. Uh, Paul Heyman's Lou Costello face is just perfected at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, but I think I think they're overdoing that a little bit too much. But this was a very good, like, cliffhanger ending. Um, and, I'm, I'm, again, I'm surprised they're doing this for Crown Jewel because this, this was the big moment. I mean, my fear is because it's WWE that they're going to run this way into the ground and be like, 
Paul's like, oh no, Brock was lying, yada, yada, yada. Like, they're going to not really show you who his allegiance is to until, like, their New Year's Day pay-per-view or Survivor Series or something. Like, we need, I think they need to take the momentum with this and just go with it. But, um, Isa, I have your predi- my prediction yeah. oh, for your, no. for your, your, uh, your crown jewel wish because you're Team Brock and Team Roman. Yes. So I think they come out to the ring um, and they get in each other's faces and, um, you know, uh, Roman is right up in Brock's face. And then much like with that backstage incident with Chris Jericho, Brock says, hit me or kiss me. And then you just write your slash fiction from there. Um, <laughs> and they pull the feed in Saudi Arabia. And that's the end of the pay-per-view. No, they'll get beheaded. They'll get beheaded. They're in Saudi Arabia. They were, if they were in the States, uh, wait, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> if they were in the states i would say let's go for it but let's not endanger my my baby daddy That's and true. my beast okay so okay? we save that we save yeah, that for we the next save that. now let me ask you guys something who's paul Heyman with what who do you guys think paul Heyman is truly with i think there will be a point where he goes with brock uh I think they might be saving that for WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to happen at Crown Jewel, Jewel, but I do think by WrestleMania, he'll go with Brock. I think this is something they're playing out over a long period of time, and I think he's going with Brock by WrestleMania. I think, I think what's going to happen is it's going to be like that episode of Family Ties where Alex has two dates to the prom with uh, Jamie Gertz and Daphne Zuniga. And, and, and on one side, you've got Roman. On the other side, you've got Brock. And then Paul Heyman just faints backwards, and we cut to black. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> Way to avoid the question, Tony Khan. (laughs) (laughs) Dean Regan, um, just finished AEW Dan. That main event was bad. Well, we're going to get into that. We are done with the SmackDown portion of the show. Uh, Actually, I want to, since we're going in AEW, I want a a quick halftime show with one AJ Francis. Can you guys hear this? (laughs) Can we hear it? Top dollar. You know, tonight, I think in the spirit of this, in the spirit of this tonight, I think in the comment section, if you have criticisms or complaints, I want you to phrase them in the form of a battle rap tonight. Yes, it has to rhyme. The comments on this show. It It has has to to rhyme. rhyme. It has to rhyme. Let's get in this lane. Absolutely. It has to rhyme. It has to be be good, too. Dean Regan, Um, Buck79, saying, just finished AEW. Damn, that main event was bad. I mean, honestly, I was sitting there during that, and I was like, there's got to be a surprise at the end of this, right? Like, something's happening. No. Like Santana and Ortiz coming out looking like twisted from uh, the jug- gathering of the Juggalos. Like, yeah, they did. Was, I mean, like, exa- that was the twisted makeup exactly yeah. they were wearing. Uh, that was not like a climactic ending. No. That was, Let's uh, get into it. Definitely get into it. So, uh, AEW Rampage results. 
uh, the buy-in show, of course, Brian Danison, Minoru Suzuki. We did cover that. Uh, you know, it, it ended very well. Any uh, other thoughts about this match, Glenn? No, I mean, look, it was a legit great match, but we knew it was going to be a great match. There was no real storyline behind it. And, you know, if this is – if if Daniel Bryan's uh, – or Brian Danielson's AEW run is that he gets to live the dream and just wrestle every opponent he wants, that's fantastic, but – I don't know. I just I kind of want a little bit of a story. Like when he fantasy books this stuff in his head, doesn't he think well, like, well, I'm gonna do this, and then you're gonna do that, and well, I'll cut this promo, and then you'll say this. Like I think his fantasy booking is like we're just gonna go out there and tear it up and have the best technical match for as long as we can possible. Like I get that that's part of it, but I don't know. I'd like to see a little bit more. Why not put yeah. this on Rampage? That well, because yeah, they were trying to decision. They, were, they, they they and this is where it was embarrassing. I'm sorry. You can't do this as your move to clap back at Vince McMahon and WWE, and then you drew 100,000 people on YouTube, who, by the way, 80,000 of them also had SmackDown on FS1. Right. Right. Like, this was not Tony Khan firing a shot. This was a mistake. Tactical error, if you will. Yes. Antoine Fair has been very active in the chat. Said, yo, Alfred is a hype man I hate. Like, you're getting the rapper play the song. Shut up. LOL. Not you, Alfred. Oh, so it's not me. Just saying. Uh, that's how they used to do freestyles in New York. And I very much yeah. appreciate it. It's too hot for the streets. Listen, DCMA could come after us for completely playing that song. I'm just trying to save us some money so we don't get sued. But uh, that song was too hot for the streets. So we just couldn't. Man, it. When I come yeah. back to hip hop, and it's going to happen one day, I, I think that's going to be one of my aliases, the hype man you hate. Because that's. Yes. That is fire, Antoine. That's a great tagline for a DJ. Like, you know, how the, the DJs always have you hate. Yeah, I love wow. that. <laughs> and here I thought it would be, you know, G-Man, Vic Payback, the white mystery, the hype man you hate. <laughs> I love, I was doing my best Tony A.O. impression, but I love Top Dollar. I love what he's doing. We get CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. CM Punk won. We talked about this. We touched on this. I thought CM Punk looked a little slow. Uh, I did think he looked like he was blowing up a little bit. I did not think this was a great match. No. Again, we were watching the other match at the same time, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, and I just felt that they were just really going for it, two seasoned vets who were just in full season and in full swing. I did not get that with this match. And, you know, I felt like the crowd was trying to pick up this match with GTS chance, and it got awkward. Yeah, they were bit. telling them to finish it. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to tell them to go home. They might as well be to go home. Uh, yeah. so I, I didn't think this was all that great. It did not live up to what I think CM Punk is capable of, Issa. Yeah, probably my least favorite CM Punk match since his return. Um, I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like we're wasting CM Punk and the honeymoon stage is going to be over soon. And I personally, and I was sharing this with you off the air, Alfred, I would rather you put him against like Miro, MJF, uh, mm-hmm. Like, um, there's so many heels like Malachi Black, Andrade. I'd rather him wrestle once a month and we get three weeks worth of promo back and forward between them. And then I get that match. Then this, <clears throat> excuse me, this like, whatever these matches are. And listen, it, it just was my least favorite. I did catch him counting his wins at the end. So I have a feeling he's just trying to work his way up in the rankings. Um, I think tonight was the end of the CM Punk honeymoon period. Seriously, this really? is good. Okay, so I predicted last week, and by the way, people are like, oh, you're hating on AEW. I said last week, I have faith in AEW. They're going to bring it. This is a layup to beat Fox on FS1. They they just need to like pull a few levers. And they can do it. They got to hype it. They got to build it. I think tonight, I think when those Fast Nationals come out and you see 
what Rampage did set against this, I think they're going to be like, okay, maybe we run this CM Punk thing into the ground. It's not special anymore. Now we need to put him in meaningful feuds, meaningful yes. storylines, and really make the audience care rather than just saying he's going to go out there and remind us that he's back and he can go. You know? That's so, optional, by the yeah. way. I'm sorry. Come out tomorrow morning. So check me out. This is Nasty or on Forbes. Uh, and by the way, the sources, know, ladies and gentlemen. The streets are like you're hitting on AEW. I predicted. <laughs> I predicted last Friday and Tuesday, AEW is going to win. I was like, AEW is going to do it. I have faith. Look at what they did it all out. AEW can bring it and own the conversation when they want they to. They can, but it's because of the people. I, I, I've been very adamant about the fact that I feel like um, Brian and Adam Cole have done more than CM Punk. And that's Go. because of the way you're creatively putting CM Punk. You're putting Brian and Adam Cole in more interesting storylines. Just saying. You got yeah. you to gotta use CM Punk better. Yeah. He's like Terry Funk. He's like the elder statesman. And I don't think he should be in that role. I do like the fact that he's working with younger guys, but they're treating yeah. him like he's on his way out. Like he isn't this high price free agent that they brought in. Like this guy, like I'm not getting impatient in terms of CM Punk. I get that they're probably trying to slow play this, but I do feel like what they're treating him right now, how he comes off. It's not like he's coming off at the same level as some of these other people that Issa just mentioned. Yeah, I think that Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry, Brian Danielson feels like the real MVP out of all of these new signees. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Antoine <laughs> Fair asking what the white mystery is. Uh, there's a flavor of Airheads that is what oh, yeah. you call it the white mystery. And over the year, you, I mean, you do that thing where you see something like, oh, that make a good hip hop name. Like, so I, I've kind of kept a running list over the years. You know, things that uh, make wow. good band names, hip hop names. I'm eating Airheads and like the white mystery. Day. The White Mystery, like wh that is an awesome MC name. That would have been fantastic for me in the 90s. I love it. Yeah, I me love too. White Mystery. <laughs> so we're getting to the end of the show toward it. Of course, after the CM Punk match, uh, we had uh, the match that we were raving about, uh, Ruby Soho versus The Bunny. And I think The Bunny is so underrated. I know we throw that word around a lot, but I mean, I thought The Bunny was excellent in this match. They worked very hard. Uh, high spot from the, the top rope, and uh, this ended essentially with the roll-up, kind of out of nowhere, where Ruby Soho was able to get the victory. And then afterwards, Penelope Ford came in, and they attacked her. Uh, so then we get an announcement that the TBS championship bracket will be unveiled, I believe, tomorrow. Did they say it was going to yeah. be tomorrow on Dynamite? I thought they said tomorrow. We're getting two bracket announcements tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, they're supposed to announce that tomorrow as well. Hopefully they announce the rules. Ruby Soho is so good. I just love seeing her. She's having so much fun. And she's showcasing a side of her that we barely saw in WWE. This feels like a whole new character. And I, I hope they do a lot with her. Uh, by the way, I felt like on social media, um, Ruby versus the Bunny was way more built up than CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. Yeah, no, it definitely was. That's a fact. Matt Seidel, CM Punk wasn't even built up to the point where this was announced by Leo Rush. He's the one yes. who was saying, I'm going to put you together. We didn't see or hear from Leo Rush. I know Leo and CM Punk cutting promos against each other like that. I'm there. I'm in. That would have improved this match tenfold because it would have felt like it had stakes. It would have felt like uh, it had something going on. Also, the, oh man, like think about that because CM Punk could probably make some good. Um, there's some good stuff there with Leo not wrestling anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot that that there could really be something there. But yeah, I thought that like Ruby versus the Bunny Knight, this was great. Ruby's got to win the TBS title, right? 
No, Jay Cargill. I think this is Jay Cargill's Jay. belt. Yeah. I think that's why they created the belt. Maybe Ruby can get it here or there. Maybe Ruby can take the AEW title off Britt Baker. I think she's pretty popular with fans if they decide that they want to tune that down. But either Ruby or Jade would be a good choice. But I'm really here for Jay Cargill winning that belt and dominating the way they created, like with Miro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wrestling enthusiasts, but 99 saying Punk and MJF feud can save him. The promos will be fire. I mean, yeah. That is going to be an all-time great feud. I mean, they, they don't even have to do that feud right. They can half-ass that feud, and it'll be an all-time great feud. But they're just waiting on this. And I think – and this is the point because I'm seeing people tweet like, oh, it was a fine show tonight. Yeah, but that's – you don't talk the game. Tony Khan was talking just to put on a fine show. Yeah, I agree. He was talking a lot too. He was he, a lot of bold. He might. We'll see what happens when those fast nationals, of course, come out tomorrow morning. Uh, keep it locked. That this is nasty. When those fast nationals come out, we'll see uh, what happens. But he was talking a really big game. You know what? That's what you should be doing. I don't. I'm not here. Like, if I have a problem with people telling AJ top dollar, you know, the few people telling him that he needs to be quiet, I would have a problem that people tell Tony Khan he needs to be quiet. But if or Roman Reigns, there was a lot of fans yeah, sending some right. nasty tweets at Roman Reigns for Absolutely. I don't know being on character and speaking come on <laughs> i hate that thing i will never have that take where you need to be quiet i will never have that take i like let them all talk talking. their crap let them talk their crap let them be front and center i do not want to see the dirt sheets and the journalists and the fans have these interactions i want to see the wrestlers interact and i want to see more hip-hop and wrestling and less hardcore which is what made ruby soho and the bunny so interesting they were going back and forth on twitter it was fun yeah that was very good Antoine mm -hmm. Fair for five dollars. Here's a real question: Who's meaningful? Uh, who's more meaningful than Kenny or Brian Danielson, Jericho, or ex WWE guys we have seen? So, you know, either the AEW establishment or ex WWE guys. That's interesting. I think Adam Cole might be hotter than all of them, to be honest. Really? Yes. That's how he's perceived by those fans. Those fans love him. Well, those because he's great. still. I mean, I, and this is kind of a weird statement to make, but he is in his like peak top of his game with the way he was booked in NXT. You know, look at the way a lot of guys left WWE before coming to AEW. Like they either had an extended break or they kind of got uh, punked out, no pun intended, on their way out the door. You know what I mean? So like probably Moxley and Adam Cole were the two best transitions from one company to the other. There's so many people, and I will give AEW all of the props on this because me personally looking at it as a fan, I was never really into Adam Cole. I, I knew he could put on great matches, but that was about it. And this Adam Cole, I am absolutely loving in AEW. They have managed to do that with Adam Cole, with Andrade, with Malachi Black, Ruby Soho. There's so many, Miro. There's so many people that felt like, oh my God, it's the same thing in WWE to where they go to AEW and it really does feel like a whole new character. And they've done that with Adam Cole. In my opinion, though, it's, Brian's, uh, it's, it's Brian. Everything that Brian is doing right now is hot. I'm into it. And it's because you're booking him in these crazy matches that we've been just dying to see. And I wish you did that with all of these other new acquisitions. Like, what's going on with Andrade? What's going I mean, he's wrestling tomorrow with some mass team. Okay, but, like, there's so many dream matches that you could book shows for a year without repeating if you do the storylines, right? Just do that with Punk. Do that with, you know, with all of these other people because that's what you're doing with Brian, and he's working, and Brian is not, well, he's going to get there eventually. He'll probably be added to the to the match at full gear like they did at yeah. WrestleMania, you know? It'll be a triple threat because <laughs> he's very good at that. But... um because you're booking him against people. We just want to see them wrestle. Do the same with Punk and do the same with Cole. 
Absolutely. Uh, Dean Reagan uh, doing a great job producing the show because this leads into our main event. And Dean Reagan asks, who throws a worst punch, Dos Santos or Shane O'Mac? I'm so glad you said that because that Dos was Dos Santos. The answer <laughs> is Dos Santos. Shane, Shane O'Mac's punches look like they could destroy you compared to what Dos Santos was throwing out there today. It was so heartbreaking because, you know, I follow UFC and Junior Dos Santos in his prime was just a knockout artist. And I didn't think that that was anything that I would have to worry about in terms of him. But I think a lot of these UFC fighters, when they go to wrestle, like he knows his punches are so good in terms of when he's throwing these haymakers. He doesn't want to actually knock somebody out. So he has to pull it. And it did not look good. This main event was kind of a disaster, as some people have said in the chat. You know, you know, wait, you know what UFC fighter does have to pull back? CM Punk. (laughs) 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 This is, we get more I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Raj, Raj, is gonna, Raj is going to fire us all. Yeah, this is the last time <laughs> you're going to see us on this podcast. Yeah, farewell. Oh man. oh, man. Last time together, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be all Jack Farmer and Justin Obar from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun while it lasted, guys. We had a lot of shows. We had a good run. You know, this is fun. Yeah. But, uh, before but no, and here, like, go ahead. Aside from Scorpio Sky, like, that faction does nothing for me. Well, I like Dan Lambert, too. I, I I think the faction did nothing for me, especially as a tag team. But once Dan Lambert got mi- added into the mix, I think that added something to it. And I loved Dan Lambert before this, where he was going out there deriding the crowd because they're in Miami. That's American top team territory. And you're singing along to Jericho. You need to sing along to ours. And then go to the ring without the music playing. And these people aren't singing along. They're chanting, shut the F up. Like, he's such a master heel. There need to be more heels who know how to get this type of heat from people where they're still in on it, but they're pretty – like they're really into like chanting shut the f up and uh, yeah. there is kind of a, a line where you do get the feeling that some of these people really do hate dan lambert <laughs> right uh yeah i feel that way as well it was it was a little bit of a hot mess this main event wasn't it it was yes, a little I all mean, over the place it was a hot mess it was not and i saw some people praising it and i'm like did i watch the same like, we all watch the same thing. Like I understand that we want to be very high on AEW, and I'm always here to give them the credits where they deserve. But this, like this, this did not. It did not click for me at all. And this storyline will continue. Hopefully, they can kind of like look at what they did bad today, like review the tapes and let's run it again and do better. Please just put Jorge Masvidal up there. You're in Miami. Let him wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they did have a mistimed finish, and Jorge had the flying knee, and it didn't look very good at all in terms no. of him connecting with Chris Jericho. No. And I just, uh, I thought that the best part of this match, you might be surprised, was when Jake Hager got in there because he's another MMA guy yeah. and he knows how to kind of do a work shoot, like right. what he was doing with Wardlow. And yeah. I thought he did a good job of hiding because when. Uh, Junior Dos Santos tagged in, and he's just throwing these awful punches on Jericho and slipping and falling and terrible kicks. And <laughs> it, it was not very good. But when he was in there with Hager, it's like Hager knew, okay, I'm going to have to kind of make this seem like an actual fight. And I thought that was really good. But other than well, that, I did feel like this kind of got off the rails. Clearly, this stable is just their response to the diamond mine on NXT. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> the real shooters. The real shooters. <laughs> Dan Lambert is like the anti- Malcolm Bivens, like, like yeah. I can watch right. talk all day. Dan, like, every time he talks, I'm just like this. Like I'm just cringing. Like this is really. I I do I not does not resonate. He's got so much passion. He's got passion, but it's like okay. So what's the argument? Like you guys are fake fighters. We're real fighters. 
Not necessarily, because what he's saying is he's um, promoting the men of the year, which are Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, Page. who are legit. Mm -hmm. They have MMA backgrounds. Sure, sure. And he's really kind of needling these AEW fans. And the reason why it's so effective is he's saying a lot of things that a heel would say. These are things sure. that people who are pro-WWE would say. These are things that Jim Cornette says about AEW. Yeah. And things that I don't think are too far from the truth. Maybe in AEW's mind, they're crazy, ridiculous things. But the fact that these fans want these five foot nine, five foot eight wrestlers and smaller hardcore following, and it seems to be a very exclusive monolithic group. A lot of these things are things I say about AEW. Yeah. And I do kind of agree in terms of this monolithic fan base that want this hardcore following. And there's no proof that this is drawn on a major mainstream scale the last big star in wrestling was john cena he was a big hulking muscular guy who had crossover appeal we have not seen that in this era of smaller independent work rate guys and that's what dan lambert's kind of going after maybe i just need to start viewing him as like a vince mcmahon parody and then it'll all click for me yeah maybe. pretty much he's a jim Cornette port parody is exactly what they're going for I do think he has elevated Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Like, they just look better hanging out with them for some reason. For me, it works. But just because of the things that he's saying goes to show why these fans just can't stand him. Because he's hitting feelings, you know? Like, he's saying some things that hurts to hear. And, you know, I think with all of this tonight, I think here, here's, like, the real thing when those fast nationals come out tomorrow. In is, the morning. Is, this is nasty. When, when Alfred gets beat <laughs> by uh, Vince McMahon himself, when he gets a text... From a label that's labeled not Vince McMahon is the phone number in his phone. Uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon is my source. Mitch. But I think that's the point is it's like if they get whooped by SmackDown on FS1, which traditionally like has struggled to reach a million viewers, um, that, that ain't good. Like this was a miscalculation on everybody's part. Yes, it was a dick move, what WWE did, but I think Tony Khan should have taken the high road on this because what he did it's it's going to look worse if they lose in the ratings part. and i think i think they're gonna lose in the ratings. yeah i mean i think the part that got to me like was once the whole oh you're doing no commercials i can do that too i have more money that's when i was like okay this and is getting great. a little childish for me and it was just like whatever like listen do what you gotta do i'm here for the banter i'm here for the competition but deliver on it you know and yeah. i didn't i i mean rampage has been struggling and I don't know that it'll do any better tonight. And this was live. This was live yeah. tonight. This wasn't pre-taped. They had no excuse. This main event was not, I mean, somebody, somebody tweeted me if you thought tonight's main event was like, Oh, this, this was, this would, this was what I would have put on. Yeah. On such a big night. And by the way, a time when the competition's off the air, I own this half hour. Yeah. Right. You know? I agree. I think this is this was a tactical error. I think that there's a lot of things they could have done. I don't get Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki. That is not a match that's going to trans maybe Brian Danielson in terms of him being kind of a former WWE guy who WWE fans might gravitate toward, but I don't get putting that on YouTube. I don't get a feud like that, not having any type of backstory. I just don't think a show like this is something they should have done knowing they're going head to head with SmackDown. And we'll see, man. I think it might get a little ugly. And let's get into some predictions as to the numbers. I put out on Twitter, I think SmackDown does 810,000. I think Rampage goes up a little, ends that streak, but does maybe five. 525,000. You got to consider that the, 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 the competition from the Red Sox and the Houston Astros, a big ALCS game. The baseball playoffs have been doing well. College football has been on fire in terms of them coming back and full crowds. But what do you guys think is going to happen? We'll start with you, Glenn. I think SmackDown does between 900 and a million because they did have the extra half hour. Sure. 
They did have the big matches. They did tout Brock versus Roman. So I think this will be a. I think this could be the highest rated FS1 SmackDown, just based on these circumstances. I think Rampage struggles to go above 650, if that. I do think they'll have a boost because the tribalism. Like I do think there will be people that were like, "I'm tuning in tonight. I'm supporting. I'm supporting my team." Like I think that'll happen. But this was a missed opportunity. Um, and for me, like when my stomach dropped, I, I opened up YouTube and when I saw when it started on there, there was like twenty thousand people watching. Yeah, and it peaked to less than a hundred. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this ain't this ain't gonna fire the way that I think they thought it was going to tonight. I mean, what did the what did the what of the um, all out what have the buy-ins on youtube done traditionally that's a good question i'll have to go back and look because i don't i mean i do pay attention to the numbers but i have no memory of them but i do i know i have recorded those numbers uh before but i'm not sure if anybody in the chat knows what those buy-ins typically do i know that it's i think it's higher than this but those are for pay-per-views and they yeah, yeah, yeah. Have like you know big matches but it's definitely higher than a hundred thousand but it also kind of shows though it's like that's the limit of a great technical exhibition between yes. two exceptionally talented, some of the most talented wrestling talent of the generation. I'm not dissing either performer. I'm not dissing the match, but I'm saying there is a limit when you have no storyline and no build and you say, hey, these two super talented, once-in-a-lifetime talents are going to wrestle each other on YouTube. Like, okay, that, that's wrestling the number. For the sake of wrestling, who cares? It's that you, you're leading into that hardcore IWC, and that's not a good counter to having Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and all these big guns on the other channel. Uh, and Issa, what do you think it does? I'm sorry, sorry. People are just sorry. saying that it's at 277 views now on YouTube. Yes, yes people are going to go back and watch it. But I'm saying that live number, they did this to yeah. mess with SmackDown, to poke back at WWE, and it didn't break 100. Yeah. Right. Um, for As far as the number goes, I think SmackDown gets to the million, if not over a million. I do agree with Glenn that it's going to be probably the highest rated. SmackDown FS1 is not going to hit the 2 million plus that they've been hitting every week, but it's not going to do under a million, in my opinion. As far as <clears throat> Rampage goes, excuse me, I'm going to I'm gonna say 675. Oh, that's, I mean, that would be a very I mean, that's, that, that's ambitious. That's, I'm being ambitious because I also feel like you're competing with baseball and it was a close game yeah. up till the end. It was a good and game. I feel like it doesn't matter how much they all talk, wrestling is not drawing any new viewers and all nope. this talk is just going like people like you guys in the chat, you guys and me. This talk is not going, bringing anybody in. I'm texting a friend who's a big wrestling fan and I'm like, oh, Suzuki and Brian was pretty good. And he said, oh, I forgot about that. And I'm like, yeah. see, and that's somebody that watches wrestling every week. And I'm like, so a lot, I feel like Suzuki and Brian will get a lot of views, like rewatch. And I yeah. think Rampage is still a show that people just watch on the DVR. I don't think people tuning live. Yeah, and the and reason so, I think it's going under a million is because of baseball and the yeah. tough competition. Yeah. I think it's going to drag both shows down. Um, even at the end, people were saying in the chat, like Tyson should have showed up at the end and came in to save the inner circle. Like, there were so many little things they could have done. Yeah. Like, we didn't even have a celebrity cameo. You know what I mean? Like, this was, I feel like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I believe in Tony Khan. I like Tony Khan. I like AEW. I like, I like what AEW represents. And I think, and, and this is not a diss of the product, but I think that a lot of people probably give AEW a pass because they like what it represents, which is yes. real competition on a major level. And as Tony Khan said, he, he can afford to lose more money than Vince can. So they can go head to head. We like what that represents. You know, we're not WWE stands like screw WWE. I'm sick of this weird codependent relationship. I'm in with Vince McMahon and his weird whims, uh, Nick Khan and like his employment decisions. Like, like we are not WWE stands, but any measure whatsoever. 
In fact, watch this podcast before we're doing AW coverage. Take a lot of weeks. Man, I mean, I stopped doing Raw because I, I, I just couldn't anymore. And on SmackDown, a lot of weeks were, you know, there's a lot we don't like. So I think yeah. that this was just a missed opportunity. WWE brought it better tonight. And it's really unfortunate because I think it could have been a sea change if AEW had lived up to the hype. So yeah. prediction from the chat, uh, I really like. Uh, you can go ahead, Issa. I'll just kind of show off. No, I was just going to say that I enjoy both, but I feel like both companies have a lot of room to grow, and and you have to be able to point out, you know, without attacking each other, what it is that they're doing wrong. It was a missed opportunity, and I just feel like you need to focus on Rampage and, and why your ratings are where they're at. And I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I said it in the beginning. Talking all this crap when SmackDown is on FS1 just feels like a cheap shot, like a low blow on a wrestling match. Like, well, it's not it's not right. Like, it doesn't feel like it was a legit head-to-head. It is, but if you do it and you lose, it's like, didn't Baron Corbin cash in when, like, the champ was already, like, beat and stumbling and Baron Corbin had every opportunity to win and then still lost? It was like, oh, man, Baron Corbin just got punked out because that was a layup yeah. and he just lost this shit. That's what this felt like. That's what this yeah. is going to feel like tomorrow if AEW doesn't represent and come correct with those views. That's what's going to happen. This was their best opportunity. It doesn't, you know, and to, Issa, to your point, like, yeah, it is wrestling. Um, and yeah, it is a cheap shot and a low blow, but you know what? If they'd done it, what that would represent would be the shot heard around the world. You know? I like, think it's ambitious. It's things ambitious. It Go head to head with a raw. <laughs> you have yeah, a and, and Dean Regan saying like Tony Khan went on a PR tour all week. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, I think that's gonna help the rating. If anything, you know, if AEW does do a good number, Tony Khan was doing a lot of press for this, and that uh, can't hurt the viewership. He had to though, show. because you don't have a Wednesday dynamite to promote right. this show. So all that you had was Tony Khan's PR tour. Like I also feel like he did we picked the wrong week to do this because you didn't even have any kind of build up on Wednesday to drive people to right. watch on Friday. I think that's why he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and let me go a step further. If Tony Khan had opened the YouTube show and come out and cut a fire promo and was like, oh, you can't, you won't believe what I have in store on you for you tonight. I know they're watching this in Stanford. If he would have come out and done that tonight, that I think would have rallied. He the can't police. come out and do that because he wasn't going to deliver on that. Well, I'm, I'm, he could have, <laughs> they could say whatever they want. Yeah, right. but he could have at least, he could have done a better job tonight, even if he didn't deliver, because that main event, I'm sorry, like, very, very pew, 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 pew. Yeah. 800,000 um, for Rampage, says Brian Reyes. Uh, we've got 815 to 825, and then for SmackDown, and then 600 to 650 for Rampage. Well, this is the lowest yet. Oh, Anthony says 475,000 for Rampage. Go on. If they do their lowest rating yet for Rampage tonight, AW's effed. No, I mean, because there's baseball playoffs and there's other thing going on. I wouldn't yeah, but, say that yet. But no, the I credibility kind of is scary. Low. That's a scary. That five hundred thousand people. That was a scary number. Four sixty-six with those fast nationals that I got. Uh, that's a very low, low number. In Who terms wrestled? Of it was CM Punk wrestled that. CM rampage, Punk was right? advertised to wrestle. People are just burnt out. It's at the end of the week, and this was my concern. At the end of the week, it's eleven hours of pro wrestling, and I think people are a little burnt out. They know this is a B show. It's pre-taped. It just doesn't come off is something they have to watch and i don't know how much longer tnt i think one of the reasons and i don't know the real reason that they're keeping this on tnt and moving dynamite to rampage but i think they think if we move this aw show to tbs it's death it's not going to be able to last 
And right. so and as a means to put it on a bigger platform, they have it here. That's on a TNT. good point. That's a really, really good point. But you can't keep doing your lowest rating ever and then try and drum up all this hype. Uh, what was it in the Kevin Costner movie, Tin Cup? The, the meltdown <laughs> scene where he can't make the, sh- he, he just can't make the shot and he misses yeah. and misses and misses. It's like, this time I'm going to get it. It's like, nope, you missed again. And it's just like <laughs> sad and frustrating and just very cringeworthy. Like if they do their low, and I'm saying if they do their lowest rating ever, if they don't at least bounce, I'm not saying they're going to do a higher, but if they don't bounce back to like six, like they're in trouble. I really don't think it's going to get to six, but and, and there is a universe where they do another low rating. Well, you're going to get those fast ratings, so you'll yeah. know before okay. any of us. Hey, Vince that's doesn't sleep. Gentlemen. Tomorrow morning, I want you to tune in to At This Is Nasty. Yeah. Uh, go on to Forbes. I'll have a story on it on the Fast Nationals. I get them from the streets. I will not confirm <laughs> or deny my sources. I get these from the streets, ladies it's and gentlemen. True. Uh, Antoine Fair, $2 saying, why are you blaming WWE? What if it was Fox? I can see Fox and WWE sort of colluding on this, but Vince certainly didn't hate the idea of doing an extra half hour. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this sounds like Vince McMahon. I mean, I, I've been watching Vince my whole life. This is the most competitive human being probably who ever lived. And it sounds like, it really sounds like WWE is seeing blood in the water and they're like, man, this show's dying. Maybe we can help accelerate this process and, and go head to head and kind of go kamikaze a little bit and, you know, go on FS1 and, and, do and, they and it's because they're on FS1, it's an experimental thing. They're not able to go that extra half hour on Fox. Otherwise, I think they would make Fox three hours for SmackDown, uh, but they can't because they have to be off the air on network for local news. So now that they can do this on cable, I think we're going to see more of this. And because they lost Wednesdays. Yes. That's the oh, other yeah. Still pissed off about that. Yeah. He's still pissed off about that. Um, Gene Regan, I have no clue what he's talking about here. <laughs> oh, Masvidal. He's talking yeah. about Jorge Masvidal. Who, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm very excited at the potential. This guy's a huge pay-per-view star, yeah. especially in UFC. He made a fake title, and I mean that in the best way. The BMF he didn't title. make it. Nate Diaz made it. Nate Diaz made the title, but what I mean is that he won the title, and that him and Diaz had that fight, and it did one of the best numbers First of, of all, that year. Nate Diaz would have won that fight if they did it ah, elsewhere but New York City. No, you know they start... Come on, Nate Diaz does nothing but bleed. Over here, he started bleeding a little bit, and New York Commission was like, oh, we got to start of the fire and he's it just like it was a little bit it was a little of a big Nate Diaz fan but I yeah. do love him as well so but I'm just saying any in Vegas you know that fight would have went on sure that's all I'm saying I agree well, it was very disappointing ending and I love me some Nate Diaz too but Jorge Masvidal is one of my favorites now yeah. I know how Alfred feels when Issa and I talk about Menudo um, <laughs> <laughs> what else we got that is all. That is a show. You had the main event. You know what else we got? Uh, we got a little hit, bro. Let's let's go up there with a little. Let's go up there with a little. AJ. Sorry, Raj. That's all we can give you. Down bad. Jax Cowan, sorry we didn't read your super chat. I know snakes suck. I know we mentioned getting bit by the snake. Peter, I missed your $2 super chat. I'm sorry. These things scroll off so fast. Yeah. We got to complain to StreamYard. Everybody tweeted StreamYard and say, where is your super chat save feature? I've been asking them for this for two years now, and they haven't done this yet. So I asked for it as well because once you get, like, once it goes up to a certain level, you can't even scroll back to find I had it. a phone call with them where I said, you have these tabs for private chat, banners, brand. Just add one that's super chats. They said they were all getting into it. It still don't exist. I don't yep. know what's up. So uh, sorry about that, everyone. Love that the chat room also had a very spirited discussion about Taco Bell versus Del Taco. Del Taco coming out on top. (laughs) (laughs) This is the 
fun show, guys. Uh, I had a good this time. Fun. Make sure tomorrow I will have an interview with Leo Rush. Oh, I thought you were, were going to talk about the ratings that you were going to uh, Yes, have and also the Fast Nationals, of course, on four. We'll be there tomorrow <laughs> morning, sometime in the morning. Depends on how early I wake up. I'm going to check my text messages. Who knows? Uh, Fast Nationals tomorrow, as well as an interview with Leo. It's a very good interview. I'm very proud. We have a, uh, he's a very good interview. He's a great quote, and he said some great things that I think people are going to be talking about. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for hanging with tonight. A little bit longer podcast. Uh, this was fun. Let's never do this again where we have to watch two wrestling shows at once. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget in the comments, you have to leave them in the form of a battle rap. Absolutely. Absolutely. And tomorrow night, Saturday night, Dynamite. I'll be there. I'll yeah, be here to cover that. Yeah. What about you, Glenn? I, I will not. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, got, I got a house to work on. I got things to do stuff to put together like we can't we have a limit to the garbage we can have thrown away here so i have to drive 10 miles to a recycling center to i, I tweeted photos of this it's it's a big pile of cardboard you just toss your cardboard boxes on the box pile i have to drive 10 miles to go do that uh with full uh truckloads so oh yeah goodness. this is gonna be fun, uh, times. fun tomorrow getting rid of all these boxes oh i never thought i'd miss having an hoa with a dumpster um <laughs> Cool. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, she's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with the one. He's at This Is Nasty. That's Alfred. Fast Nationals, Conway. Fast Nationals, come on, <laughs> I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll catch you back next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.